Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is the winner of Harvard's 2017 Innovations in American Government Award, the Connecticut Green Bank. Our guest is Brian Garcia, who leads the bank. Here's a clip. Green banks really are a model that is meant to attract and mobilize more private investment in our green economy. So it's something that uh, both Republicans and Democrats can get their arms around because it doesn't have to always be about the environment. In fact, to us, it's not only about the environment, not only about the investment and the jobs, but it's also about inclusive prosperity, ensuring that uh, the green economy is, is available to everyone in Connecticut. The Connecticut Green Bank is designed to help mobilize more private investment and accelerate growth of green energy, such as from solar power, in order to create jobs, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and lower energy bills. Other states and cities have now followed Connecticut's lead and have launched similar efforts. Since 2011, for every public dollar invested, the Green Bank has attracted $6 of private investment, creating about 13,000 jobs so far and driving a billion dollars of clean energy investments across the state. That's not only boosted clean power, but reduced the cost of clean energy by about 20 to 30 percent. For its achievements, the Green Bank won the Kennedy School's Innovations in American Government Prize last week. To learn more, we're joined by Brian Garcia, the president and CEO of the bank. Brian, welcome. Well, thank you, Andy. It's great to be with you. So, Brian, how do you explain what the Green Bank does for those who are new to it? I think when we think about green banks, we're thinking about what the role is of government in terms of supporting the clean energy economy. So effectively, what the Connecticut Green Bank does is it utilizes public funds in such a way uh, as to attract and mobilize more private investment in your local clean energy economy. So if you look at the conventional government approach for supporting clean energy, it's, you know, let's just transfer taxpayer or ratepayer dollars over as subsidies. Uh, we don't do that. We actually become an integral part of a capital structure with private investors. Uh, and because of that, we're able to scale up uh, more investment in clean energy deployment because we're now leveraging public funds with more private capital. That's useful. Give us another level of detail, if you would, about what some of the activities that the Green Bank does. So we work in a variety of ways. You know, we become a part of investing in products. Uh, for example, uh, here in Connecticut, we've partnered with our local community banks and credit unions uh, to be a guarantor, uh, so to speak, of loans that they're making into the residential clean energy space. So if you look at some of your local lenders, uh, they may not know what clean energy is all about. Um, by us providing a second loss uh, to the loans that they're making to households who want to install clean energy, we're giving them confidence that this is a, an asset that they can provide and loan into. Um, so this is an area that we've seen a lot of growth and development here in the state of Connecticut is involving our local community banks and credit unions because what we want to see is more private investment going into the clean energy economy. You and I talked offline about this exact subject, and I think it would help listeners to understand it better, realizing that because clean energy technology is relatively new, entities like credit unions or other lenders will be less likely to lend funds for those investments. They seem more risky because they're newer. The Green Bank steps in and says, we think these can be profitable lending investments, and we'll take the first loss. We'll lower your risk if you're willing to lend in this area. Right. Clean energy has a history of perceived technology risk. 
So I think they have to get over that first. Banks have to believe that clean energy, green energy technology performs. So that's definitely a part of the equation. But they are going to always underwrite a loan based on the credit quality uh, of the borrower, uh, based on the uh, value of the building. Um, you know, there are a number of different factors that they look at when they want to underwrite a transaction. Uh, but what we've been able to do is to help alleviate more of the perceived technology risks of clean energy so that they can focus on those other factors. And, uh, you know, to them, they, they want to make sure that uh, the customer is repaying for their loans. Got it. Tell us next about how the Green Bank raises its capital. So when you think of green banks, uh, we're typically capitalized or provided funds through a variety of ways. Uh, here in Connecticut, we receive a system benefit fund. It's a ratepayer surcharge. Uh, comes to about $30 million a year. It's been in effect uh, for the last uh, 15 years since the state deregulated uh, its electric uh, generation business. But we see green banks across the country being capitalized in a, a number of different ways uh, with taxpayer dollars. Uh, with regional greenhouse gas initiative, cap-and-trade allowance proceeds, uh, government funds. So we're all capitalized in a variety of different ways. And uh, our role is to ensure that those public funds are used in such a way to attract and leverage more private investment uh, in our respective green energy economies. I think it's useful to note, too, in contrast to a rate subsidy approach, you all become part of a capital structure with an investor, and in fact, you expect to get the money back. Exactly. We are uh, working from a public sector mindset and in fact, building a balance sheet where rather than providing subsidies into the market, we provide loans into the market, expect to get repaid back over time. And what's important about that is that a lot of our private partners uh, want to see that you have a strong financial position. So I'll give you an example. We partnered with local banks here in the state of Connecticut. Uh, we work with the National Bank, U.S. Bank, our local banks, Webster Bank, um, Key Bank, to pull together a $75 million fund. And we provide solar lease and PPA financing, power purchase agreement financing, to help households and businesses install solar PV. And what's been important about that structure is not only that we get our money back uh, within the structure, but it's also providing a financing mechanism if you are a home or a business to install clean energy and ensure that you are paying less for energy after you install clean energy than what you were paying before you participated in clean energy. And tell us, Brian, about the broader trends in green banks in the United States. Well, we are seeing uh, the green bank model uh, take off in a number of other locations. We've got uh, the New York Green Bank. Uh, the New Jersey Energy Resilience Bank, the Rhode Island Infrastructure Bank. Uh, we've even recently seen a county, the Montgomery County Green Bank. Uh, and hopefully down the road, we will see uh, the Washington, D.C. Green Finance Authority. Um, so the Green Bank model is replicable. Green banks really are a model that is meant to attract and mobilize more private investment in our green economy. So it's something that uh, both Republicans and Democrats can get their arms around because it doesn't have to always be about the environment. In fact, to us, it's not only about the environment, not only about the investment and the jobs, but it's also about inclusive prosperity, ensuring that uh, the green economy is, is available to everyone in Connecticut. That makes sense. Brian, a final question for you. What are the challenges involved in launching and sustaining a green bank based on Connecticut's experience? 
Yeah, so there will be challenges for uh, other states and jurisdictions thinking about creating green banks. I think the first thing we often think about is how do you capitalize it? What source of public funds are you going to use to capitalize your green bank? Uh, today, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, governments are pressed for any sorts of, uh, of funds to be used for a variety of different things. So capitalization is always a challenge. The second thing is making sure that uh, you have the right public servants who can communicate in the language of business, the language of finance, because uh, the success of green banks is really built on the ability for the state to work with private investors. So you need to have, you need to be able to establish public-private partnerships and speak the language of business. And we've been uh, very fortunate here in the state of Connecticut to have uh, built a uh, a great financing team of individuals who know how to have those conversations with banks uh, to ensure that everyone's interests are aligned. Uh, so capitalization and people will definitely be the challenges for uh, states and local jurisdictions who are interested in creating green banks. Brian, I know that the Ash Center at the Kennedy School reviews a lot of applications for the Innovation Prize, and so to win the top prize is really a testament to the Green Bank's progress over the last five years and its broader applicability. So congratulations to you and your team and to Governor Malloy, and thanks for giving us an overview. Andy, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's been a great, great privilege to have received it and to be speaking with you.